Welcome to today's message from Transformation Church with Pastor Jim Balzano. Well, good morning, church. Kind of interesting I can say that, right? It's, I can say that because how many we all know that church isn't a building and it's a people. And this morning I say good morning, church, no matter where you're at, no matter where you're coming from, um, watching from. Um, it's just a joy to be able to be able to still connect, whether it be online or some other medium. Today I'm going to speak a message to you that um, is part of a citywide church sermon series that a number of churches are participating in. Uh, some are not, some are. And um, it, it's called Stronger Together. And today's subject is Stronger Together Through Prayer. And I've got to tell you something. It, it, there's an hour we need to pray. It's this hour. Now, not because just of COVID. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, we have to pray about that and some of the things concerning it. But for me, I need to pray because I have this weekend moved from mask phase to needing a muscle phase. <laughs> um, some of you might know what I'm talking about. Like, I, I need more than a mask right now. I need a muzzle. It would help me with two things. My mouth talking what I shouldn't be saying or at least using discretion or at least it would help me stop eating maybe as well. But, you know, because all weekend, i got to tell you, there's a, there's a number of things that have been agitating my flesh. I wish I could say it's agitating my spirit. There might be one or two things that are doing that, but there's a number of things that have my flesh agitated, and I'm not going to go into those things. And, um, but sometimes, uh, if you're like me, when you get that way, you're not really pleasant to be around. You're just... Rah, 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 rah. And uh, that, that's pretty much been me this weekend. But at any rate, um, prayer does help settle our flesh and settle our spirit. Um, and I'll get into a little bit of that as we go. So let me, um, th- this sermon title is Stronger Together Through Prayer. Um, I'd ask you a question to start with this this morning. And let me say this before I ask that question. I believe that I can preach this message today that it is more than just about the churches in the city, but it's a message that can be applied to your family. I mean, no, our families are stronger through prayer. It's for our local bodies, our church, as well as the body of Christ at large. And so my question would be, first of all, what is at the heart of true prayer? When you take prayer and you boil it down, if you will, and you come to a place where you say, what's at its center? What is at the heart of prayer? And I began to ponder this. What is at the heart? I would suggest to you this morning that at the heart of all true prayer is that it must be the will of God. That the will of God must be at the heart of all true prayer. If the will of God isn't the purpose of prayer, then why are we praying? If it's not seeking God's will, knowing God's will, performing God's will, executing God's will, living and speaking according to the will of God, what's the sense in praying? Am I praying my will be done? Remember what Jesus said when they came and they said, teach us to pray? Part of the prayer was what? Verse 10, chapter 6 of Matthew, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. At the, at the center of this prayer was this moment where Jesus says, this is how you pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so I began to ponder that and how that the will of God has to be at the heart of all true prayer. I believe Jesus showed us this in his life. First of all, we can see an example where he prayed for the will of God. He goes up in the mountain. The Bible says he prayed all night. And after praying all night, 
He then comes down, gathers his disciples. Out of those disciples, he calls 12 of them to be an apostle. And I believe that he got those 12 while he was in prayer with his father on the mountain all night long. I've often heard people joke about, about how he had to have prayed to pick that crew. I mean, when you look at that crew, you couldn't, you, you're not going to pick them from resume. You're not going to pick them from pedigree. You're not going to pick them from what they've accomplished in their life. You're going to pick them because of the will of God. And then you look at his life, <clears throat> excuse me, that he prayed for his father's will to be done on earth. He said, I only do what I see the father doing. I only speak what I hear from the father. So it was the father's will which was at the center of his prayer life. And then he would pray, even in the garden, not, your, not my will be done, but yours. Right? And then, in the midst of that, he had to pray for the ability, the empowerment, to carry that will out. So we see him executing the Father's will on earth. He prayed to the Father. He prayed his will. He prayed his empowerment. And then he prayed and he executed that. Now, what I want to do in this message this morning, though, is take you to the book of Acts. I want to take you to the early church, the first church. And I want to show you how that church was stronger together in prayer. And I, and I want to show you how the will of God has got to be the epicenter of our prayer life. All right? And so let me give you, I'm going to give you a scripture, then I'm going to give you a point. First of all, in Acts chapter 1, verse 24, they have to select somebody to take the place of Judas. And the Bible says that they prayed. And what were they praying for? They were praying for the will of God. Lord, you know everyone's heart. Let me stop right there. One thing we don't know as human beings is everyone's heart. The reason we pray to God, especially whenever we're looking at individuals, is we're looking to the God who knows all the hearts of all men. And so then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen. We don't want to choose the one we want to choose. We want to choose the one that we think you want. And so, first of all, let us understand this, that we are stronger together through prayer because through prayer, the will of God is revealed. If there's ever an hour that I need to be praying God's will, it's now. Not just in terms of the COVID, but in everything we do as a church, what we do as a church, what we do as a Nehemiah project, what we do as a, a father, a grandfather, a husband, a wife. We must understand what the will of God is in our lives and what it is to be through our lives. Many people are not praying, your will be done. Rather, we're praying, my will be done. That we come to God, and we're looking at God, and what we're saying to God is, God, I'm coming to you so that you can make my will be done, that you can make my will possible. But the fact of the matter is, the church, the family, the local body will always be stronger together through prayer because it is through prayer that we get the revealed will of God. I would ask you this morning, how many of you want the, reveal, the revealed will of God? Or how many would be honest and say, I just want my will? I mean, you know, the two, the two conflict often. There's often times where we find this conflict. But I would suggest that the first place we start in our prayer with making ourselves stronger is when we pray for the will of God to be revealed in our life. And then... There's another verse in Acts I want to show you. It says, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak the word of God with great boldness. Now, this was right after 
they were told not to preach. This is right after they were in prison. They were being persecuted. And now here they were, this people, who were a covenant community of believers in the kingdom of God, who now were told, do not preach, do not speak in the name of Jesus any longer. They come back and they give praise to God, thanksgiving, and then they pray this in the middle of that prayer. Lord, consider your th- threats and enable your servants to speak your word with go- great boldness. Here's the point. We are stronger together through prayer because through prayer we are empowered to do his will. There are times, listen to me, there are times in my life where I, first of all, don't want to do his will. There are some things about his will I don't like sometimes. Jesus did not like the will of God. He did not want to go to the cross. He prayed for a way out of that. He prayed for another will. Let let, let it be another way. But there was not another way. Then what we see in the Bible is what? Then the Bible says angels come and minister to him, empower him to be able to carry out the will of God. What I need in my life is to be able to come to God, pray, your will be done, but then I've got to pray, oh Lord, empower me to do your will. Because my flesh right now doesn't want to be quiet. My flesh right now wants to act out. My flesh wants, to, wants, to, wants the anger of man to produce the righteousness of God, and it doesn't work that way according to James. All right, that some of you this morning watching this, you want to do the will of God, but your flesh is weak. Your spirit is willing. Well, I've got to tell you something this morning. It is through prayer, interaction with the Father, the power of the Holy Spirit, that will empower you to do his will. Multiple times you see this with Jesus. Multiple times you see it with the Apostle Paul. Multiple times you see it in the life of the giants of faith, where they received the will of God, but they didn't want to do the will of God, nor were they able to do the will of God, but through prayer, they were strengthened and empowered to do the will of God. And so we're stronger together through prayer because it's through prayer that we're empowered to do his will. Let me take you to another place in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 6. They're they're fighting and they're squabbling over the, the, um, the widows who are being overlooked in the daily distribution of bread. There was conflict in the church. There was division. There was resentment. There was cynicism. And they chose men who were full of the Holy Spirit to wait on tables. They were there to serve bread. I love that passage of Scripture. That in order for them to serve bread to widows, they had to be men who were full of the Holy Spirit. I mean, there is no ministry too small for the Holy Spirit. There's just no ministry too small for the Holy Spirit. And then they chose the men that they were to choose. And then the Bible says this, and they presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. All right, so they, they bring them in, they lay their hands, they pray, upon, they pray them, pray on them, right? Here's the deal. We are stronger together through prayer because through prayer, the will of God is then executed. All right, so get this. So what did they do? Lord, we need men who are full of the Holy Spirit and we're going to select them according to your will so they can meet the needs of these widows. And the will of God was revealed to them. And then it was through prayer and laying on the hands that they executed the will of God. There is, there is no sense praying for the will of God unless you're willing to execute the will of God through prayer. There's no sense praying, your will be done, but then do it so somebody else. Your will be done, but I can do this. I got this now. Thank you. I can do this on my own. I cannot execute the will of God on my own. 
and they laid hands upon him. They executed the will of God, and those men began to serve in the power of the Holy Spirit, even when it came to distributing bread. We're stronger together through prayer, because through prayer, the will of God is executed. Look at this early church. Look at the apostles and how they executed the word of God through prayer. Go, you can go into the Old Testament, and you find uh, time after time, Moses executing the will of God through prayer. You, you can see Joshua executing it through prayer. You, you can see on and on we can go, King David executing the will of God through prayer. Prayer takes us to discovering the will of God. It empowers us to do the will of God. And then we literally begin to execute it through prayer. Then there's a verse in chapter 12, famous passage of Scripture. The Bible says that Herod had cut the head off of James. Right? He cut the head off of James, the apostle. And he saw that it pleased the people. He's a politician. What do you, what do, you do when you're a politician and you find something that pleases the people? You do it again, and you do it again, and you do it again. So the Bible says because it pleased the people, he then had Peter in prison and had him scheduled to cut his head off. Verse 5 says this. So Peter was kept in prison, but prayer for him was being made fervently by the church to God. So here it is. You got Herod, the political leader, the oppressor, the persecutor of the church in many ways, has cut the head off of James. It pleases the people. Now I'm going to do the same thing to Peter. But the church prayed, the Bible says. Now, what happens? You know the story. Many of you know it. So then the Lord sends an angel. Notice it wasn't the church sending the angel. Let us always remember who commands the angels. God commands the angels. You don't command angels. I don't command angels. He commands angels. They're ministering servants for our behalf, and God commands them. And he sends an angel to wake Peter up in prison. I probably would not have been sleeping. If I'm scheduled to get my head cut off, I'm probably not sleeping. But he's asleep between the guards. The angel wakes him up, leads him out. He shows up at the house where they're praying. You see, what happened? This is what happened. We're stronger together through prayer because through prayer, God's will overcomes man's will. It was a praying church that was praying the will of God that overcame the will of this despot, the will of this earthly leader, the will of this one who would persecute the church. It was the will of God prayed by the church that overcame the uh, will of this evil person. I want to say to you this morning, I, I, I watched the COVID thing, and I've been all watching it, and I've been, the whole way through it, I've tried to, keep a pure heart and a pure mind, and I'm trying to keep myself pure going through it, even though I don't understand all of it, and even though I don't presume to be an expert, which I am not in any of it. I have to tell you that I have come to a place right now where I don't have a lot of faith in our leaders. The inconsistencies of numbers, the inconsistencies uh, that's, that that go into decision-making that apparently are there for me, it, it doesn't, there's some things that don't make sense to me, and my mind wants to go to cynicism and resentment and bitterness, politics, if you will, and, and I watch it, and my flesh gets stirred up. You see, because this is who I am as a person. If you're a leader, and you make mistakes in leadership, 
but you have a pure heart and a pure mind and a pure agenda, I'm okay with your mistakes. Let's roll. Let's go. But if somewhere in there, I believe you now don't operate with pure heart, pure motive, pure agendas, then I'm less apt to be willing to say, it's okay. You see, so where am I now? Do I believe with all of my heart that there's nobody out there politicizing this thing? I don't believe that. Do I believe there are people who would use this for unrighteous sakes? I do believe that. Do I believe there is more than meets the eye? I do. But when I come to even that conclusion, I've got to come back to a place that says, wait a minute. It is through prayer and praying the will of God that the will of God will overcome the will of man. Either my God can still take what the enemy means for evil and turn to good or he doesn't. Either my God is still able to overcome the will of man at times, the will of evil, if you will, because he is the one, listen to me, he is not controlling the movement of evil. That stuff drives me crazy. We often talk about how God's in control. Listen to me. God does not have the enemy on a puppet on a string and is controlling every movement that he does. But he has a response for every movement that the enemy does. It's just like if you go back to the Civil War, you've got the Union Army here, you've got the Confederacy here. This general over here is not controlling the movements of this one over here. But he does have something, he does have a response to everything this one does. My point is that God is able to bring a response to everything the enemy means for evil. My job is to pray to God for your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then I cooperate with that will, but I have to do it in a spiritual manner, not a fleshly manner. Right now, I want to do it in a fleshly manner. And I want to do it in anger. But what I know James says is that the anger of God does not produce the right, the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Ah, boy, I don't like when scripture tells me to be quiet. <laughs> but listen to me. There's always an enemy warring against the church. There's always an enemy warring against the church. And he wars through men and women that the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers who do unbelieving, unchristlike, ungodly things. But for me to have an ungodly response does nothing for that. But when I go to prayer and I'm praying, God, your will be done. God, we need you to move. God, and we pray together the will of God, I promise you that God's will will overcome man's will. Now, let's begin to think about this. Let me, let me show you something. So, so I'm looking at this, and I'm watching the church through the book of Acts. And then it struck me that Paul had said some things. Let me read you some scriptures that Paul says, and then I'll bring you to the point. First of all, Paul says this. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition, prayer, for all the saints. And pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known the mystery of the gospel. That's Ephesians 6. Now let me just take that scripture let me pair it with something found in 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2, Paul says, First of all, then, I urge you, 
I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men. Okay, listen, you online world, I need you all to do it. Say all men. <laughs> all right? For kings and all who are in authority. Ugh. <laughs> Can I get it? Ugh. Right? <laughs> Everybody go, Ugh. <laughs> Right? For kings and all who are in authority. It's interesting, Paul's writing this at a time where Nero's alive and Nero's ruling Rome. All right? So that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life and all godliness and dignity. Oh, my goodness. So I, I just want to reference this for a moment. It's not the point. But Paul says, let us pray for all men, and let us pray for kings and all who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. Listen to me. There is nothing like praying for someone to change your spirit towards that person. I, I used to tell this story, and I just told it the other day, and uh, I'll tell you this story. I'm, I'm 25, 26 years old, something like that. I'm, I'm in Bible school. And, uh, you know, I'm, train, I'm there to get some training to be a preacher, a minister of the gospel. And I can remember we were in a chapel service. Our school was about 120 students, small school. And we were in a chapel service. It was the last chapel service before Christmas break. And what would happen sometimes in our school was people would go home on break and never come back to school, or some other things would happen. So, on this particular last chapel before Christmas break, they put all the names of the students in a basket at the front of the chapel, and you had to pick one out on your way out, and you were supposed to pray for that person during the break. And I'm sitting in the back of the chapel, you see, because I was on the chapel board, and when you move, get on the chapel board, you actually move to the back of the sanctuary. <laughs> all right? And so, so I'm sitting there, and I look at my friend, I said, oh, I know whose name I'm getting. He said, what? I said, I know whose name I'm getting. He said, whose? I told him. He said, no way. I said, yeah, I'm getting his name. I promise you I'm getting his name. There's no way. I said, I am. So sure enough, we go up, go up to the thing. I'm almost one of the last ones out. Reach in the basket, pull out the name. Yep, it was him. Yep, you know what? Because I didn't like him. I didn't like him at all. There was nothing I liked, very little I liked about him. It was just one of those things where it's like, I, did, I, just, I just didn't like him. Can't say it any other way. And now I got to go pray for him. And I do. Now I will say this. We never became best friends, but my heart and my spirit changed towards him when I came back because I had to spend two weeks praying for him. You know, Jesus says, pray for your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. I'm pretty convinced sometimes he does that, not for our enemies, because it changes our heart towards our enemy. It's hard to legitimately, truthfully pray for somebody and not have a spirit change within you. And Paul says, you pray for those kings and you pray for them in authority, because it'll lead you to having a tranquil and quiet life and all goodness, godliness and dignity. I gotta tell you, I need to do that because my spirit was not godly. My life, my spirit, my flesh was not quiet, right? Now, listen to me. It does not change my opinion. It does not change how I agree or disagree, but it changes the inside and how I go about it. So he says, pray for all men, all people. Then he says, kings and authorities, so that we may be a tranquil and quiet life. Here's the point. We are stronger together through prayer. When I pray for you, you pray for me, and we pray for them. How many times in Paul's writings, when you can read it, where Paul's writing, he's saying, pray for me. 
over and over, pray for me while I'm this, pray for him while that, pray that I can do this. Multiple times, he's always asking for prayer for himself. But in the same place, he's always reminding them how he's praying for them. I mention you in my prayers. I pray this for you. I pray that for you. Paul's constantly praying for them. And then he says, oh, by the way, we then collectively, we pray for them. Who's them? Other churches, other believers, government leaders, those in authority. We can, them can be your neighbor. Them can be your enemy. That we pray for them. We are stronger together when I pray for you and you pray for me. And then we pray for them. And then there's this scripture. Romans. Paul says, in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we don't know how to pray as we should. Can anybody say with me, there's times I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to pray. He said, but... The Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints, listen to this, according to the will of God. There's times I don't know what to pray. There's times I don't know how to pray. There's times I, I might be praying the wrong thing. There's times I want to pray according to my flesh. You know, you can go into Psalms and find places where David prayed according to his flesh. <laughs> David, David made prayers, God, kill him. God, let his children be cut off. Let his posterity be. Let, make him beg, Lord. I mean, David prayed some jacked up prayers out of his flesh. Paul says we have one who intercedes for us when we don't know how to pray. And there's times I don't know how to pray. There's things I don't know what to pray. And Paul says we have a spirit of God who does it for us. You see, we're stronger through prayer, through Holy Spirit, who prays according to God's will. We are stronger through prayer, through Holy Spirit, who prays according to God's will. The Bible says we are filled with the Spirit. The Bible says the Spirit of God dwells within us. The one who knows the heart and will of God lives and dwells within us. That can at times pray for me when I don't know how to pray. When I don't know what to pray. All right? And he prays. And how does he pray? He's praying according to God's will. All right? We are stronger together in prayer because Holy Spirit prays for us when we don't know what to pray. You ever find yourself in a perplexing situation? Have you ever found yourself in a place where I don't know what to pray? Like, I got this thought. I got that thought. I got this feeling. I got this feeling. I got that emotion. I got this emotion. I don't know what to pray. God, I need your help. Spirit, I need your help. I need you to be the conduit between me and the Father. I need you to give me his mind and his will. I don't know what to pray. And then there's, we're stronger together in prayer because Holy Spirit prays according to the will of God when we don't know the will of God. Has anybody other than me been in a place where you're not sure what God's will is? Now listen to me. I, I don't want to get into a, a, a side message here, if you will. Sometimes I think we make the will of God too hard and too specific. There are, uh, and let me, let me just give you an illustration quick just to make sure that you understand what I'm saying. 
I believe there are Kairos moments where there's an exact timing for an exact thing and an exact move of God. But I also think there are things that we do in our life that is not so specific that God says, I'm going to bless it. How do you mean, what do I mean by that? There's seven billion people on the face of the earth. Seven billion. I thank God for my wife. And she thanks God for me every day. And if she's watching, she just shouted amen. <laughs> she probably flipped the channel by now. But am I supposed to think and believe that out of those seven billion people on the earth, the only one that I could hook up with is her, and the only one that she could have hooked up with is me and been in the will of God? I just don't believe that. I believe and she, and she could have found somebody else, and God would have blessed it and said, it's okay. I bless that. Now, I don't know where she's ever going to go to find something better. But anyhow, you know. <laughs> and and she's, she's been praying for years that why didn't she find something better? Anyhow. But the point is, don't become paralyzed. Sometimes we're just like, listen, we're out, God, what's your will? God, your will. Sometimes you just move. And you're not doing anything wrong. And God can bless it. But I also believe there are times where we don't know what his will is in a certain moment. Don't move until you know. But how do you know? This is what the Bible says. When I don't know, the Spirit of God prays for me and reveals his will to me. And we're stronger because of it. You see, this is, uh, if the church of Altoona wants to be stronger, it must be stronger in seeking the will of God, not the will of men. And we must know what the will of God is so that we can execute the will of God, so we can perform the will of God. That will make us stronger. Prayer that is centered in the will of God is prayer that results in unity and power of God. Prayer is not, prayer and strength is not the goal. The goal is the will of God. And when you find the will of God, you will find strength and you will find power and you will find what it is that you need when you find the will of God. Some of you right now, you, you've been praying for power. You've been praying for this. You've been praying for things. Pray for the will of God. If you'll find the will of God, you will find power. Prayer that is centered in the will of God is prayer that results in unity and blessings of God. For where my brothers dwell in unity, there I will command my blessing. And, and, and unity for the church should always be found in the will of God. You see, we can pray and not be stronger together. But when we pray, your will be done, we will always be stronger together because that's his will. Come on, Troy. We're giving hope to the online church. The three greatest words of every sermon I preach. Come on, Troy. One of these days, I'm going to change that up and trick everybody. What this come on Troy means? Another 20 minutes. You see, the theme today, the, the, the message today for the sermon-wide series was stronger together through prayer. We are stronger together through prayer. But that prayer must be centered in a place. 
Not the will of Jim, not the will of another pastor, not the will of another church, not the will of Jeremiah who's here today. Watch, I came to see Isaac. Not, not the will of man, but the will of God. The early church was stronger together because what they sought was the will of God. And when they found the will of God, their prayer was then, empower us to perform your will. Empower us to execute your will. Empower and enable us to do it. Because the fact of the matter is, we can't do it in our flesh. And the fact of the matter is, sometimes we don't want to do it. And then our prayer is, show us, reveal to us, empower us, so that now I can execute it through prayer. And then as I execute it, then it begins to move and begins to things happen. And and then I come to this understanding in my own personal life that all of a sudden I'm praying for all men. And if I pray for you and you pray for me and we pray for them, we become stronger together. That I understand that when I can pray together with my brothers and sisters and I pray for those in authority, it leads us to a godliness and a quietness, which I do not possess sometimes until I go to prayer. So here's the situation. Here's the deal. This morning, I can promise you that you'll be stronger together through prayer in your family. In your family. Forget about the church for a moment. Forget about the worldwide church. Forget about the city church. Forget about your family. You, you can pray and not be stronger together. But when you will pray, your will be done. You will always be stronger together as a family. As a local body, a single body, you can pray and not be stronger together. But when we pray your will be done, we will always be stronger together because that's his will. As the collective body of Christ in this region, we can pray that that doesn't mean we're stronger together. But when we pray your will be done, not mine, your will be done, not ours, we will always be stronger together because that's his will. His will is that we're stronger together. His will is that we would pray for you and you pray for me and we pray for them. And the Father this morning, our goal is not to be stronger. Our goal is not to pray. Prayer is not the goal. It's an exercise that takes us to the goal. It's a discipline that takes us to the goal. The goal is your will. Your will be done in my life. Your will be done through my life. Your will be done in our city. Your will be done in our church. Your will be done in and through our church. So Father, this day, this day, help us become a covenant community of believers of the kingdom of God that would say and pray your will be done through us and when we make that prayer we will be stronger together in Jesus name amen God bless you have a great week